you're just hoping to get to the front. You've already passed the gum tree. You've already passed all the different people, but you see this one group of people that seems to be getting in front. They're like they're cut in line, but they're not. It's like they have some type of a quick pass or a gold pass or something where they can get in and they only waited five minutes. I've waited two hours so I could ride this ride so I can get sick and go home. But I don't. <laughs> the older I get, the worse it gets. But, hmm. It's almost like I'm last. Well, the disciples were walking along with Jesus, having a good time, and they were watching Jesus do his thing. And, they were going to get involved in that, and he was training and teaching them over the years. And so as they were walking along, they started to converse with each other and argue with each other. I'm sure it was back behind because they were asking each other or say, maybe they said it to each other like, I think I'm the greatest. And they were like, no, no, I think I am. No, no, I think I, no, I think maybe so-and-so. I think, I, and then when they got to Capernaum, and they get in the house. Or maybe they were outside the house. And Jesus says, oh, by the way, fellas, what were you all talking about back along the road? And they're all like, and all of a sudden they just didn't, they didn't want to say anything. I wonder why they didn't want to. <laughs> he said, well, he grabbed the child and he had the child stand in front of him, and, and then he talked about how, you know, first off he said, well, you know, it's, it's better to be last than first. Yet the last will be first. But, let me kind of give you a more concrete, he grabbed, and this kind of got me this morning as I looked over it again, I thought, I didn't really notice that he actually grabbed the child and held the child. So the child couldn't have been very big, probably a toddler and was holding the child and saying, you know, what you do to him, you've done to me or the Father. As we embrace God's creation, you're really embracing him. And as we enter in, we're finally done, okay? This is like 16 or 17 sermons on Revelation, okay? We're done. All right, this is it. We're done. All right. So just so you know, um, this is the last one for now. That um, So we're in chapter 22. That is the last chapter in Revelation. And so now we can enter in the summer going, whew, thank goodness we're finally done with Revelation. We can do something different. Although I've really enjoyed this book. Um, you know, and as you tackle it, you're thinking, wow, I probably said too much or went too, too detailed, but... Um, I, you know, I could have probably preached another 20 sermons on it, but we decided to just kind of look at it here and look at it there. But, you know, there's something about wanting to be great and to be number one. I mean, who doesn't want to be number one, right? I mean, why we all get on teams as kids? You know, we're on karate teams, and, and we're on the one with the, what's the little ball and the thing you throw it thing? I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, we want to be, you know, we want to be, you know, God, we want to be the best, don't we? There's nothing wrong with being the best. 
nothing wrong with that. But when it gets you to an area where you think like that you are the best, like, like you're the number one, well, then the Lord has a little trouble with that because there's only one. Right? There's really only one who deserves all praise. And that's why this morning I, I really appreciate the worship team just getting with it. And, of course, you all got with it. So thank the Lord for that, right? And, um, you know, the, the Spirit kind of checked me the other day like, you know, hey, are you really giving me all praise? You know, and uh, so man, that was that was powerful. And thank the Lord they just didn't. There's our four, and we're done. They're like, we kind of linger. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. Thank you all for listening to the Spirit. We we need that. That's really my desire. Is we do what the Spirit wants. You know, we don't just hold church. It's what He wants to do, because um, it's His last day, and so this is last day. And so as we enter into this last part of the book. Um, it's, it's the last pages, and um, then the next page is the table of weights and measurements, and so that's all you got, so we're done. Isn't that crazy? You're like, what is that? I don't know, it's just there. It's always in your Bible. I don't know why, but anyway, there it is, but uh, what a great, what a great, isn't this amazing how alive this is? I want you to grasp it a little bit before we start get started here and jump in. This is alive. This is inspired. This is amazing. It goes down to the joint in the marrow, and it splits soul and spirit. I don't get all that, but it does, okay? It does. It judges your heart's attitude. No one here gets an attitude, right? You don't. You're, you're good. It, it judges me every day. I read it and go, oh, my gosh. i got to repent right there and then. It keeps me close. It just keeps me close. So in these last days, I want you to realize that we need to be in this more so it keeps us close to him. Um, challenge you youth and those who are going to college, you know, spend time. Even though you're studying, spend time. I didn't do much during those first college years. Uh, I did a little bit, but not as much as I should have. Um, get a routine. Those who are a little more seasoned, stay in the Word. That's a good word, right? Seasoned, yes, yes, you are. Yes. So stay close because it is a lie. And um, you know what? It's okay. It is okay to be last. It's okay. It's okay. Well, as we're looking here to um, this last chapter, um, we're going to have the last message. We're going to have the last promise. And we're going to have the last prayer. Isn't that good? I mean, what would you want to say to your family? Per se? Let's say you're on your deathbed. You have 30 minutes to live. That's all you got. What are you going to say in those 30 minutes? What would you say? Because you know your family's going to be there. That's a hope they're there. Gathered around your bed. You know, What would you say to your family. Um, wow. You know, I wrote down some thoughts. I don't know if I told you or not, but like I gave some things to my kids in case I passed away here. You know, I got some things. I want to make sure you have these things. And in some of these things, I spent years in study and wrote things down. I would go to Starbucks occasionally over the years. I'd write things down for the boys and have like a little thing for them to have so that when they studied the God's Word, they'd have something, um, some substance there. And so 
um, as far as some preliminary stuff. And so I did that for them, and then I gave it to them. And inside there, inside the texts, I, I in, embedded little things to them, like, hey, James, hey, Hunter, hey, so-and-so. Just kind of like a little from Dad, right? Tips from Dad. And, um, and then I gave it to them oh, a couple years back. And I thought they would never find it till I'm dead, right? And so um, about a year later, maybe a little bit quicker than that, James texted me. He's like, man, Dad, did you, what? <laughs> he found his file. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. But no, he was supposed to find it yet in Turkey. Anyway, he's supposed to find it later, 10, 20 years from now. Anyway, um, I wanted to make sure that they knew the things I taught them and the things I said were, yes, they are true. And I wanted to echo it one more time. I wanted to make sure, 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 that they knew, 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 that it was true. Because that last prayer, we're going to get there in a minute, it's almost like, have you ever, ever, ever hollered into a cave? Hello, 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 hello. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Isn't that weird? Isn't that, isn't that somehow does that? Does that? I, is it just? Is it just me or what? It's, 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 but this prayer is like it's echoed through out eternity, 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 eternity. I want you to listen to that today. That, that's really the gist of it, is that there's an echo, echo, echo. Como se dice echo in Espanol? Echo? Echo! 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 I am bilingual, didn't know it. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> so fluent you are in Espanol. Ah, senor. Ah, bien, bien Translate that. Even so, 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 so. Come quickly. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Lord Jesus. Do you know what our job is? I can finish with that and go home. Our job is to echo that every single day. Echo, you're, you're supposed to be a reflection of who God is. So the last message that he wanted to portray to us as he looked here and as, he, as John was writing these things down, the Lord wanted us to know a few things that would help us as we go through this life and realize that, yes, this is the last hurrah, it is. It's the last two raw. It really is. And as I'm looking through here, let's just read the text, I guess, today, and then we will continue to let it just kind of just uh, marinate in our spirit. Revelation chapter 22, verse 1, says this. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as as crystal flowing from the throne of God of the Lamb down the middle of the great street 
of the city. Do you all like rivers? I love rivers. Because in those rivers are trout. And I like rivers. And there's something about an iPod and and your waiter's on, and there's snow on the banks, and you're just wading through the water. And I don't even care if I catch nothing, but there's something about that crystal clear water that's just constantly flowing. It is. That's the scene you get here. Down the middle of the street of the city of the Almighty God is a flowing river. That makes me think of, you know, those who are planted by springs of living water will we're just soaking in that. And then you got this picture. Oh, we better just keep reading. Here we go. Get all messed up. Down the middle of the great city, on each side of the river, stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit. Now, I haven't seen, when I start reading the, book, the Bible, I start reading Genesis 3, 4, and then about, about chapter 4, I don't hear of the tree of life until Genesis 22. Well, wait a second. Wait, that's like Genesis 3, the tree of life, and then Genesis or Revelation 22. That's a long time to wait to listen, talk about the tree of life. And then I started thinking this morning, as I was in my prayer time, I went, remember Adam and Eve? They were in the garden. And the Lord said, in the middle of the garden, I have planted some trees. You're not to eat from those trees. And then I thought, which tree did Adam and Eve eat from? Was it the tree of life or the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Or was there two different trees? I mean, and then I went back and read this morning just to, for clarity's sake. And I went to Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, and it said this. It said, it said, in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So there was two trees in the middle of the garden. Did you know that? I forgot that. <laughs> you know, some things leak, and that, that just leaked out. So there's two different trees. So she ate from, and he ate from, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Right? But this tree of life is on this stream, and it's bearing fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer, no longer will there be any curse. That is good news. Let me tell you again, that is really, really, I could get, really get off on this for about 10, 20, 30 minutes. There is no more curse. Did you notice in Revelation, and then back to Genesis chapter 3, how when the world was set in motion and there was Adam and then he put him to sleep and then there was Eve and then they had some children, everything was really good until they took of that fruit. Once they started eating that fruit, then the curse came. What did he say to the snake? You're going to crawl on your belly. I think it had hands in Saying, you're gonna crawl in your belly, eat the dirt. Oh, yeah, I mean, they crawl. There's a big old snake the other day coming home from work on the road. Big old one over there. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's huge. Couldn't tell it had a rattler on it, but it looked huge. 
Then he looked at the woman and said, I'm going to increase your pain in childbirth. Sorry, ladies. I'm so sorry. That is horrible, what you go through. But joy comes. You know, we're sitting there holding your hand. Come on, baby. Come on. Remember that guy? Yeah, you can do this. I'm ready to slap you. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's an experience, man. It's, it's experience. It's experience. We've all been there. Well, not all. Then he said to the man, Curses the ground. You got to work from it and sweat. I'm going, oh. I went out yesterday and cut my grass. About, it was about 2 o'clock for about an hour and a half. I was dying out there. Wife's like, you still going, man? What the word was that? She's shaking a water bottle. I'm thinking, that old curse, that old Adam. I mean, what did they do? I mean, that was hot. Then I'm starting to think, wait, thank God I have a home. I don't have to go out there and plow the field and throw the seed out and grow the plant and go harvest it. I thank God I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Right? Thank God for the cotton, you know, all that. Thank God, right? Woo! <laughs> and then the curse. He says it will be. No more. Did you notice how when the curse came, all of a sudden there was sickness and there was death and there's problems with individuals like Cain and Abel had a little problem and one killed the other. <laughs> have, you, have you kind of noticed that? There's problems that came with the curse. Good news, there's no more curse. I'm serious. This is a promise. There's no more curse. There's no more sick children. There's no more headaches. There's no more cancer. There's no more people bickering with each other. There's no more issues. There's no more cursing. That's a great message. The Lord wants you to know that all of the problems you're going through will be no more in the waiting. I know. That's why he gave us the alive book. And he gave you a body to lean on and love on. No longer any curse. No more death. No more crying. No more mourning. No more pain. No more evil. No more demons. No more devil. No more temptations. No more trials. Huh. Where am I just talking about? I thought when you reach about 50 or 60, you know, temptation is no big deal. Still fleshly, right? But there's plenty of peace, plenty of security, plenty of room. I just try a picture. I'm just, I know I can't see it, and I know there's pictures in the Bible we'll talk about it, but what's it really going to be like on the other side? We see a tree. 
that's blooming with all kinds of fruit is the tree of life. Can we just go up there and grab some fruit and eat it? We'll be living forever. What's it really going to be like? I don't feel any pain. Can I kind of fly around a little bit? Or do I just jump? Skip? What's it going to be like? Really? Really? You thought about it? Because, you know, my knees are a little older. And, you know, i got to stretch a little more. So there's no more pain. No more catching your get along. I mean, there's no more. <laughs> right? Have you ever thought about that? What is that going to be like? Hmm. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. We're going to serve Him night and day. They, in verse 4, will see His face. That's hard thinking about that. We're going to see His face. Wasn't that the coolest thing ever happened on your phone? FaceTime? Our grandbabies were on the phone the other night when they turned sideways, and there they are. They're all getting ready for bed. They're all doing stuff, crazy stuff. I'm like, hey, you know, there's Papa. Hey, Papa. I know, you're thinking, whatever. No, that's cool. Think about it. Hey, Jesus. What's he look like? How close do you get? Whoa, space, proximity, whoa. I'm thinking he's like, come on, man. Right? Sometimes we don't want to get too close to people, right? Because if we get too close, then they might really know who we are. And we don't want that. Because we just want to smile. We go to church and sit in the pew. We don't go home, come back again. We don't really want to get too close. Because then you might really know what I really am. <laughs> Crazy, right? But there's one who wants to get face to face. And the language used for the Word of God, I know, it's crazy. We, we kind of go distort when we don't use that. Mine goes crazy, but it's mouth to mouth. Mouth to mouth. You ever swap gum with your mate? <laughs> You're like, what? That's disgusting, right? But it's that's the language used. You can just you know, cut that part. <laughs> but think about it. God wants intimate relationship. Intimate. Intimate. Faced. In a matter of fact. Did you know there'll be, you don't need no prayer? Prayer will be done. Did you think about that? No more prayer. Why? He's right there. <laughs> He's right there. Hey, Jesus. You're like, how you feel today? <laughs> Feeling? I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't. I don't know. It's just awesome. Right? It's great. 
It's just, I don't know what this is. This is awesome. Have you ever really thought that? What's it going to be like? There's coming a day. It's coming. And his name will be on their foreheads. There'll be no more night. They will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give him the light, and they will reign with him forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show us the servants the things that must soon take place. Verse 7, Look! Look! I'm coming soon! I like what my dad put here. Hold on, what did my dad say? This is just... He wrote this little thing. I went, that is crazy, man. What, what is he talking about coming soon? Is it really for real? I can't even find it, man. He just, he, he cracks me up sometimes. I mean, he's coming soon. It's very, very soon. He goes and just keeps on emphasizing. Verily, yes, I say, yes, I know, I know, yes, I'm verily. He just keeps on going on. Yes. Because see, this last message, he wants us to know. He wants us to realize. He wants us to know that the curse is gone. He wants us to know that we'll have face-to-face communication. And then he wants to also warn us, as it comes here and starts saying, that I don't want anybody messing with this book. Don't mess with it. Don't add to it. Don't subtract from it. Don't mess with my book. You got things you don't want people messing with? You have things you have? Don't touch that. Don't mess with that. That is daddy's stuff in his office. Don't. This is one shelf that you don't touch. This is just don't. This is daddy's stuff. This is one thing he says, cherish it, love it, but don't mess with it. And those that have messed with it, that have added on or taken away, that's not good. Because he says, if you add on, then I'm going to add on all the plagues listed in the book. And I'm going, oh, it's a lot of plagues that are in this book. And then if you take away, he says, I'll just take you away from the tree of life. That's a warning. Don't dads always warn? We'll go out to the street, but danger's out there. Stop. Don't do that. It's because I love you, right? But he wants us to know of that communication is nonstop. So he says what? I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in the scroll. I, John, and the one who heard it and saw these things. And when I heard them and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel and the angel was like, oh, my gosh, verse 9. Oh, he said, don't do that. Stop. I'm a fellow servant with you. And the fellow prophets, all who keep the words of this scroll, worship God, exclamation point. Then he told me, do not seal up the words of this prophecy of the scroll. This is verse 10. Because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the person who does evil continue to do evil. And the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. Then he says, look, I'm coming soon. He says it again. My reward is with me, 
and I will give to each person according to what he has done. I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega, I'm the beginning, I'm the end, I'm the first, I'm the last. Verse 14, blessed are those who wash their robes. Remember the first time you learned to do laundry? <laughs> Remember that? That was crazy. Now, separate colors. Darks and then the whites and whatever. Then you, then you got this, this uh, liquid detergent thing. Remember the first time you put it in there for a little too much? Whoa, I mean, whoa. Have you ever had the top? I mean, and you always see right, movies like that. Surely you didn't do that. But okay. Then there's a hot, cold, warm thing. When do you do the, right? You ever put dark with the white? And then you got like a sock print on your white T-shirt. You ever, you ever seen that? Or, or, or you know, it's like, oh my gosh, that guy's learned how to do laundry. Everybody teaches their kids differently. You know, some kids famous go, okay, here's your basket. They put it in the room, and then, I don't know, about 13, 14 minutes, you take care of your own laundry. We never did that. But they better keep getting the laundry in and out of the, you know, thing, fold. Everybody's got their process, but they need to learn because that, that first day when they leave the house, good luck with the laundry, man. Good luck. Good luck. Right? It's work, too. I'm going to come to your house. Learning to do laundry. Because why? It says here to keep washing your robes. And they may have what? The right to the tree of life. So in order to be blessed, in order to get the tree of life, you have to wash your robes and go through the gates in the city. So outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts and sexually immoral, the murderers, the adults. Okay, they're not going to get in this wonderful place. Now, I read something this week that really messed me up in chapter 21 in Revelation. It really, really bothered me. You want to know what it is? If you look in chapter 21, I'll let you read it later yourself to find it. It kind of gives a little list, and it does it, I'll throw it the word. It gives you a list of people who aren't going to be in there. People who are not going to be inside heaven. You know, you got the murderers, right? You got the adulterers, the idolaters. You got those who, you know, this, that, and the other. Okay, I get all that. I get that. Okay, I get it. But there's one word in there that really bothers me. It said the cowardly will not be in there. 